Um, I wanted to write a folk song. Uh, we don't have lights? What happened? They blew their lights? They blew a few so that TV people can't film me? You can kiss my Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, Sly Dog. Just wanted to hop in here at the top just to say welcome to the show and welcome to part two of the Billy Joel Setlist Dreams featuring the one and only Craig Smith of the Pods and Sods Network. We had a lot of fun recording this, so much fun that we had to split it in two. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to that before you go any further. But if you have, welcome to part two. This is going to cover our songs 13 through 24 in our set list. So without further ado, let's kick this thing off. All right, what you got for number 13? Number 13, my favorite song from Stormfront and also would probably be in in the top three for me. So I guess my top three is is already cemented since I already gave my favorite and already mentioned that another song of yours was top three. It is the Downeaster Alexa. It's this song dedicated to the fishermen in the place where I grew up in Long Island. Called the Down Easter Alexa. Well, I'm on the Down Easter Alexa, and I'm cruising through Block Island Sound. Took our diesel back in Montauki yesterday. We left this morning from the Bell and Gardner's bed. Like all the locals here, I've had to sell my home. Too proud to leave, I worked my fingers to the bone so I could own my down I love this. Um, his perform his vocal performance on this is amazing when he goes for that high note in the verse um and also there's a great live video uh i assume it's on youtube it was on the vhs and laserdisc eye of the storm which just had like i think the three videos maybe four from stormfront and a live version of downeaster alexa that is 
holy shit amazing the beginning is vamped out a bit while he talks a bit about the fisherman and when he kicks into the song it's so good but then when he kicks into the part of the verse with that high note he fucking goes for it and then like the next line is a little more powerful than it is on the album and the whole song at that point is just like it's on goddamn fire check out it's live from the stormfront tour um got an extended violin solo electric violin solo um from Eye of the Storm. Definitely look for it. Awesome. One of my favorites. Down Easter yeah. Alexa. Hell yeah. That song is incredible. That's in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that vocal, like at, at the end, it just friggin' soars. I think I've seen the video you're talking about too. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, not much to add here other than like I love like it's arranged a little differently, like the drum beats kind of weird. Excuse me. Kind of an odd time signature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Talk, is a played on accordion. Yep, which he has since retired for some reason. I find that odd, but I, I don't know. Oh, okay. oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he just stays at the piano now. Oh, I did not even realize that. Okay. Yeah, I, which I kind of, I mean, I like him at the piano, but like that's like I don't know. I like the visual of him with the the squeeze box and everything. I don't know uh, for 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 that song definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I I concur. Yeah. This one goes in and out. This is, this is a this is one that's kind of like a regular, but it's only a semi-regular. Like this mm. will get get switched around. Sometimes it'll be one of the ones that gets voted on. Like like I'll like I'll do this or I'll do this. Like he that thing he does. And right, right. Based on the screams of the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been screwed at a show that way. <laughs> what, uh, what what what, I, what what did they take from you? I think it was. Um... It was maybe like uh, Summer Highland Falls against like Just the Way You Are. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And even though Just the Way You Are, I don't think it had been played in a long time. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like this was it. Um, I was also annoyed that night because I was trying to boot like the show on cassette and Rick sang really fucking loud and ruined my bootleg. Uh, so I was very <laughs> upset by that. So the whole, entire night was ruined. But I think that uh, I think that we got like just the way you are over Summer Highland Falls. But but it was it was something like that. It was something over Summer Highland Falls, and I was like, oh, there's no way this is gonna this isn't gonna fly, and it didn't. And that's a really uh, so, unfair pairing too, by the way. Like. At least some, some of the pairings are so goddamn odd that he's right. done. Like, like a ballad versus like a rocker. You know? Yeah. Like sometimes a <clears> fantasy <throat> versus sleeping with the television on. Okay, that's fair pickings there. That Kind of. Kind of. I mean, Other yeah. than the fact that like nobody there knows sleeping with the television on by title or a lot of people don't if they were casual um, versus a song that's on a greatest hits that everybody owns, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I don't know. Like... I, I know just the way you are is like this lilting love ballad and then Summer Highland Falls is like an ode to manic depression like thematically we're not even in the same ballpark right so at least the other two are kind of similar thematically that's true that's yeah. true yeah. weirdness but yeah, yeah good choice Agreed. thank uh, you so I'm gonna go for my 13 back to 52nd street another piano workout stiletto
back in like 2006 and was there for a while again now it's just kind of an occasional one again like maybe once a year um mm. but i love the wordplay of this song you know the stiletto could be a knife it could be her shoes um and i love i love the sax on here i love the finger snaps and i love the kind of steve winwood influenced piano playing that's going mm. on it's, it, it's a really cool song stiletto is a great tune. yeah i agree it, it it was one i had to warm to uh i did not love it when I first became a fan, but I ended up warming to it. Um, but yeah, it, as I said before, just one of those inclusions that was performed live way more than like I ever would have expected it to be given his catalog and the amount of hits in his catalog. It's so weird that it's gotten so much exposure on stage. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a strength. It's, it's, a, it's a, I'm always fascinated by that. And that's another reason I love looking at his set list, what he keeps around and what he switches out throughout his career. Like, and why, like, is it because he enjoys performing this? Is it because the crowd pops for it? Like everybody loves you now is like a lesser kind of hit. I would, I would say like, you know, does the audience go nuts enough for that or, you know, a stiletto or whatever to, to like continue to pick those over whatever song he's he's not uh i'm sure like vocals have something to do with it too and like what he's what he ends up having problems with as the years go on i'm sure right. it plays a part you know definitely yeah. nice yeah stiletto great tune stiletto. um what's your number 14 number 14 is uh from the bridge uh and it is the song Running on Ice. There's a lot of tension in this town I know it's building up inside of me This is, it was performed, I think, maybe once over the last X amount of years. Um, nice. There aren't a whole lot. Is it twice? Once um, in 2014, once in 2022. Oh, oh, 2020. Okay, because I remember the 2014 one. That one got a lot of views from me uh, because I was fairly shocked to see it. So he didn't do that on the bridge tour at all then. Um, Interesting. Oh no, I'm at. Well, when you say twice, what what do you mean? Oh, I thought you meant the last ten years. Oh, I gotcha. 
because uh, I I don't know. Um, if I it think was, that, uh, I think it got a little play on the bridge tour. Okay, yeah, the bridge tour is another one of my blind spots. Like I had one show from Philly and nothing else. Uh, so the bridge tour is like something that I'm never uh, see Zanzibar. There it is. Um, I, I never see set lists from that time, and and some of the ones I have seen uh, don't seem to be accurate. So, uh, yeah, it's super interesting if he played it then. Um, I, I just love the vibe of it, uh, kind of like a police vibe, sting vibe, with the kind of quick reggae-ish, reggae-ish accents on on the beats. Um, man, I, I just love this one. Always have. The drums are amazing in it. Liberty doing his best Copeland. Um, uh, and it's just so energetic. And he's like, whoa! Like, all that stuff is just so good. Everything is just in the right place. You know, it's such an earworm. It's so and, fun. Uh, yeah. And and I, I don't think the rest of the album really lives up to that in a matter of trust. And to a lesser extent, I would say... Um, this is the time, but like stuff like Baby Grand, I never liked. Never liked Big Big Man on Mulberry Street. I'm, these are probably all picks on your list. Nah. Uh, so I apologize <laughs> in advance. But but um, yeah, I remember I, I had this on cassette as a kid, and as soon as it came on, I was like, "Holy shit, man! This is this is good. Like this is insane. Like frantic Billy Joel, you know, uh, like out of the pressure book." but not right. quite the same, but like, you know, in terms of weirdness or something he wouldn't usually be doing, uh, totally surprised and done really well. So would love to see Running on Ice. So that is my number 14. Take it, Sly Dog. Hell yeah. I love that song. Um, <laughs> the Bridge was a blind spot for me for years because my dad had such a massive cassette collection. Some of it was put away in boxes. So mm. eventually I remember like I was digging through stuff and I found uh, like a kit, like a, case of cassettes and that was in there i didn't even know the bridge existed at that point i thought the catalog was innocent man and then stormfront i didn't know there was anything between it so i was like i i found like it's like holy shit i found a lost billy joel album (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i I remember putting that in and hearing that song too and just be like oh there we go so just it really is in a way if you view like innocent man the way i do and you view that as like a experiment this is the follow-up to the nylon curtain technically technically this is billy joel writing a modern like writing modern contemporary music again so yeah i agree with that i agree with that fascinating that's an interesting way to put it never quite thought about it that way but that makes total sense yeah i'm glad you picked that one not in my list but uh good place all right so this is the one where i think you might give me shit um this this is a big hit um, but it's a song I love so much and I haven't seen him live so I had to throw it in there uh, from The Stranger Only the Good Die Young Come out Virginia Show you a statue, told you to pray, built you a temple of 
Uh, only funny because I was complaining about it. But, but, <laughs> yeah. go, but go ahead, by all means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this song's just fun. Um, I, I think it's got a little more bite on stage than on the album. The drums are hit a little harder. Um, mm. Playing it live just makes it a, a bit more rock and roll, I think. Um, yeah. And I'm honestly always surprised that this song is such a huge hit. It feels like it touches on a subject that would be taboo to most people. Like, I, if you put this song out now, like, there'd be people protesting because it, you know, he's trying to seduce this Catholic girl. Um, that's right they but, just haven't gotten around to billy joel yet he'll, he'll get his i'm sure <laughs> eventually yeah, yeah billy billy canceled for for lyrics that are ancient now and that he wouldn't write <laughs> yeah so yeah. I, I know i think the song's fun um and i love it it always a highlight when it comes on when it came on the radio when it comes around on the album uh, i love the version on the bridge to russia a lot it's got so much energy uh mm. yeah. great 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 song um probably like the, the biggest oddity in my set list in a way because it's the biggest hit so yeah but also not was that was that even a single i feel I mean, like that's an album cut that got that got played but maybe i'm wrong to google to, to wikipedia yep. we're, we're both we both just started typing maniacally <laughs> all right so is it a single uh you know what it, it was a single in canada it was a single in the u.s it was a single um yeah it was the third single out of four which is weird which is weird because you expect like everything on that album to be a single yeah it doesn't have seven singles like an innocent man does so yeah. i'll just i'll go back into my rant so yes it it, it appears it was a single it was the third single from the stranger uh, which kind of surprises me because I, it's a third of four singles released from The Stranger. It feels like so many more of those were singles, yeah. although it makes sense that Scenes from an Italian Restaurant was not. Um, so it's just the way you are moving out, only the good die young and she's always a woman. It makes sense that The Stranger was not either, although I feel like that had pretty big, deep cut radio play. Yeah. Um, even back in the day when I was a kid, I feel like I heard that on the radio a lot. Um so yeah, super weird. Very strange. But yeah, I love this song. Hey, that... never... Yeah, go. Never tire of it. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. All right, what you got? For I, your... I just I just wish it wasn't. You know, it it was one of those songs that I just got burned out on just because of its placement in the set list. Yeah, I feel like if it was not in every goddamn concert I collected after 1977, I wouldn't have burned out on it, and probably would have been. A, in my list because i do think that you know it's it, it's kind of wonderfully put together in terms of his wordplay and just the way he presents this and right. um we know there's a reggae version on the on the my lives box set, so, <laughs> so, so you're keeping somewhat with the reggae theme that i started on the on the last on my yeah. track <laughs> and, I, and i will say like you know we, we mentioned you know like he hasn't been canceled yet for this like he did point out the, the the character in the song never succeeds technically right so right. so if, if someone out there were to like hear this now and be offended by it like you gotta you gotta view it from that perspective which i always thought was kind yeah. of kind of interesting like he, it, the character in the song could be seen as a little sleazy but technically he never pulls it off so right right then it's just a character study agreed yep yeah yeah made my list what's your number 15 Number 15 is another track from the Street Life album, and it is Roberta. 
Roberta, you say you know me But I see only what your pain to show Damn, do I love this song. This is uh, my fourth top three Billy Joel song that I've, I've mentioned tonight. <laughs> we'll see how many. We're now in the four-part trilogy. Uh, so let's see how, how how much further we can pack that out. But man, I love this. Um, just, you know, uh, a song about a prostitute that he really kind of can't afford. But like the 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 end, the, the end going into the you know, the chant kind of thing and just all of it's so good. And the arrangement kind of laid back. It's, it's nice. It's on that 1975 live record that's coming out on record store day. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I highly recommend that you, uh, it's one of the only live versions you'll find. Um, and it's a pity because it's such a good song. Love this song, Roberta 15. Yeah. It's funny. This was actually uh, a, a big part of the reason I checked out this album initially was, uh, I mean, I already love the Street Life Serenader and uh, Los Angelinos from hearing those, but you've seen on YouTube, like there's a video where he goes through that box set of all the albums and he talks a little bit about oh, each yeah. one. Yeah. And he's like, Roberto was about a hooker. We're not going to talk about that one. And then I, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, oh, slow down, man. Uh, hang on <laughs> like that just kind of piqued my interest and i realized i pulled up the track list online after that i was like i really don't know most of these songs yeah. i didn't even know the entertainer at that point um so i went uh walked walked my butt down to amoeba with the very little money i had at the time college kid on a budget and i picked up a used copy of street life serenade and uh, i really fell in love with that album i know it's not one of his more popular ones but it's one i go to a lot like Honestly, when I listen to Billy Joel, want to hear him like just ca casually not doing a deep dive. Mm -hmm. One of the first two things I go to is either it's usually either Nylon Curtain or Street Life Serenader. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love that record. And I love that. Yeah, song. I would probably concur. Yeah, probably the same for me, actually. Uh, and, and in the, the long slew of lyrics that Billy Joel will sometimes change in concert um, in. Uh, Zanzibar, you often get uh, instead of she's going to pull the curtains down for me, you get she's going to pull her panties down for me. Yeah. Uh, Rose, he knows, will never make the Hall of Fame in Zanzibar. Uh, but on the 1975 album in Roberta, the line is changed from 
I, I know you're working, but you must get lonely too. And for some reason, I had it in my head that he was going to say this, and he absolutely did. He says, I know you're working, but you must get horny too. I have no idea why I would have <laughs> thought that, but I was like, I just feel like there's going to be a lyric change here. And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, osmosis between horny people many years apart <laughs> entirely possible but um so good man i i just love this song he conveys the emotion of just you know the 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 schlub uh yeah. you know who who can't afford a prostitute you know it's 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 subject matter that you know uh it's tough to do well i think yeah. when you're kind of dancing that line between you know, what is going to hit FM radio and what might not. And uh, yeah, I think this is just a, an absolutely stellar example of his songwriting. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Great choice. Uh, we're going to keep the horny energy going with my next. Pick. Oh, right. All right. Uh, number 15 from glass houses, sleeping with the television on. songs that he he doesn't pull out regularly but every so often this one sneaks its way into the set list i love mm -hmm. the organ solo you can tell that he'd been listening to the jay giles band uh mm -hmm. he's making this one um it's such a i love this song too because i feel like we've all kind of lived this we've all, like we've all overthought and never made the move on the person we thought we should um because mm -hmm. it works in two ways like you go home you end up sleeping with the television on you blew your shots you, di you didn't get your chance um it also, in, I see it as also, it's a great way of saying you went home with blue balls. So you end mm -hmm. up sleeping with the television on because you fell asleep jerking it to porn. <laughs> so, so double meaning Fair. there. Double meaning yeah. there. So yeah. I'll go with that. I, I love this song. Just a jaunty, little, horny song <laughs> on Glass Houses. Yeah, it's so good. Um, just those, uh, Glass Houses is such a weird anomaly in his catalog. It's like, it's like Journey Frontiers. It's yeah. so the the top is front loaded with hits and the side two is the every copy you find in a store it's the one side that just has no spindle mark on it or pristine uh, oh just pristine you can tell that a needle was never dropped on it I, I can guarantee that in my house as a kid side two might have gotten spun once like it was literally a thing that if family was listening to records side one of glass houses was on that stack those goddamn things that drop down yep. uh, all, in the disco era, uh, scratching all your records up. Uh, we never visited side two, uh, and I wouldn't for many years. So uh, some great kind of stuff just hidden away on side two there. Yep. Um, and this is definitely one of them. But and again, crazy that he started doing this live, uh, yep. you know, uh, again, in the later years. Never would have expected it. This is also the one where, remember I sent you a screenshot of a comment on one of his videos this week? Yes, but, what yeah. was that? The where, where like the guy was like, Billy Joel su sucks because he won't stop playing Madison Square Garden so Fish can break his record. 
right. That's was, right. That's right. It was on a video of a recent performance of this song, which I thought was kind of funny that's... because because it's like you had to seek this out. Like this is not like mm-hmm. gonna get suggested. Right. So right. like so like you must be like a self-hating Billy Joel fish fan, is all I can gather from your comments, sir. <laughs> Yeah, like I didn't know the the Billy Joel thing was such a thing until I became a fan of Fish, which was around two thousand fifteen ish. Um, oh, is that yeah, is that really a thing in in like the Fish fans? Oh circles? yeah, oh yeah. Wow. They, um, I, I I do have a Fish side cast as well, and I was alerted in the first episode. I don't know how true this is. Apparently, the what I was told was that Billy Joel called Fish a third rate cover band, but I've never <laughs> been able to find this. Um, and you know, and if he did say something like that, they probably would have played it up. Um, and I don't, I don't know when this quote would have been attributed, or even if it happened. I, I went looking one day, and I, I didn't find anything. So, but I know that there's like, when, when uh, there's like always talk about like the the banner and the rafters and all that stuff, and you know, the reason that Fish threw thirteen shows in a row there was to, you know, chip away at the Billy Joel ongoing record with his monthly uh residency so yeah it's definitely a thing um yeah a lot of rival dumb rivalries between (laughs) that is just you know who cares that is and and just because this is the only place i can i can think to shoehorn this in um jimmy buffett has a quote about fish actually uh which is he said fish are one of the only bands that knows how to treat their fans well so uh, Mm. just so i I thought that was kind of cool i thought that was kind of cool i don't I, I will. Is that a recent something he said recently? Or? I don't know how recent it is, but it's it's something he said. That's super interesting. I would absolutely co-sign on that. Yeah, yeah. There, fish. Fish is the band that Kiss says they are exactly, but but does not deliver on exactly. So, yeah. What's your number sixteen? My sixteen is the aforementioned. I go to extremes. Uh, I probably said everything I had to say about it then. It's just, it's got muscle, just always kicks ass. Um, And, you know, especially in the days when he was, uh, you know, crazy energetic with it, it was just always so good live. This one's always got, or for mostly always has a line at the end. I don't know why I go for ice Ice cream cream, when he sings it live. Um, So yeah, you do get quite a few of those in his catalog uh, in the live setting. But yeah, I go to extremes. Stormfront. I think I said most of what I have to say about this one earlier, but yeah, great pick. Thank um, you. The next pick for me is one I've been excited to talk about because this is another, another one in my top three uh, mm-hmm. Billy Joel songs. And this is an early one too. This is, uh, and I was so excited when I found a live version of this this week uh, from Piano Man, Somewhere Along the Line, taking it back to the really early 70s. It's a rainy night in Paris And I'm sitting by the Seine It's a pleasure to be soaking in The European rain Now my belly's full of fancy food and wine Oh, but in the morning there be hell to pay Somewhere along the line In the morning there be hell to pay Somewhere along the line Cigarette, 
burning in my hand When you used to be a friend of mine But now I understand You've been eating up inside me for some time You'll find a ton of live shows with this from the 70s. This was always like first or second song, like for years. Yeah, I I found a version where he's at performing at Musikladen in uh, Germany. Yeah, that's that's where I saw it. And so good. Um, Oh, it it is. I love the lyrical angle again with this one. This just shows like he's such a master writer, especially the last verse about the young man. you know, a young man is the king of every kingdom that he sees, but there's an old and feeble man not far behind, and it surely Whoa! will catch up. To him. Yeah, and he surely will catch up <laughs> to him somewhere along the line. Yeah, uh, just, I would love to hear him put this back in the set. I, he'd probably have to change the key because this is a, this is definitely in his upper register. But yeah, uh, such a yeah. such a cool song, love it. And I yeah, saw they're it was, quite. Go ahead. I saw, I saw it's on that uh, record store they released that's coming up, and it's part of the reason I'm seriously considering getting up early and going and standing in line to get that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you really should. It's just, it's it's so good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you'll probably find a lot of, I, I shouldn't say a lot, but quite a bit of, like, 70s video of him playing this. I know that it's on a couple shows. There's a 1976 thing called Billy Joel Tonight, which was filmed in New Haven. Some of it was used on an uh, an audio, uh, a promo audio LP. Um, but the live show uh, um, is out there. I'm pretty sure it's in that. There's also like a couple television appearances, aside from the one you mentioned where he does it. Um, early stuff that's just kind of like come out over the last 20 years stuff i i collected this stuff back as a kid but you know it, it amazes me still that like things are coming out that i've never seen there's a billy joel rarities channel on youtube definitely worth checking out most of the stuff you probably the piano lover i think is with a number after it is the, the right. handle probably most of the stuff you watched probably came from that channel because there's so much um uh so much out there so yeah you'll find some good good old videos of this with some bad bad mustache <laughs> oh man that's that's incredible yeah and that that's that that from your mustache yeah all right what you got for uh 17 17 and we're gonna bring it down with a track that nobody there would want to hear except me <laughs> uh it is an instrumental there aren't a whole lot of those in Billy Joel's catalog. This is working kind of as an interlude into the next song. I'll say that. Um, uh, so the song is Nocturne. It's a piano and synth 
kind of thing towards the end of Cold Spring Harbor. It's just got such a mood to it. I love it. It closes out the Billy Joel Tonight thing that I just mentioned, oddly enough. Um, and uh, there aren't a lot of performances of him doing it, but he's done it. And there are some out there. Um, just always love this one. I, 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 this is the one that he that I would just be totally... I would lose my mind if if he ever played this again. Like this would be the the biggest surprise that could ever happen. And he doesn't have to sing it. it it's a two minute goddamn song in the key of A minor. Doesn't get any easier. Um, there's Honey Don't much easier. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just I love it. And kind of like the the synth, the notes that the synth is putting in over what is kind of like the like the B section of the song. Um, just creates like this little tension and then there's kind of like this little mountainy bit after it going up and down. It's just, but, but still just kind of like a piano solo for the most part. Beautiful. I love it. And it would hush the room for the song that will follow, which will follow your song that you're going to tell us about. Nice. If Unless you have, unless you have thoughts about Nocturne, but I, I expect that like, like everyone else, you don't. I do actually, um, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, I do. Uh, first off, beautiful choice. Um, Thank you. It's you're picking this on the two pick ten episode with Brian Jacobs. Finally pushed me to listen to my Cold Spring Harbor CD, actually, because mm. you put it on there. I'm just like, whoa, like that. That's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And I don't know why. I just kind of like figured like Cold Spring Harbor was going to kind of be meh, especially because it had to be corrected in that way, and it still wasn't perfect. Mm. But hearing that made me want to go check listen to the rest of it. And you know what? not a bad album not at all no um no, no. so yeah I, I this is one of three songs i was pretty confident you were going to pick and you picked two of them so far so we'll see if you get, oh boy. get the third one in um oh you know it's coming uh, it, it's going to be the fifth top three song as well <laughs> nice but uh my number 17 it's one we already talked about get out the coconut oil and tissues it's sometimes a fantasy joke <laughs> oh boy see that that just shows the level of maturity between us because i was able to bring that song up with nary a reference to baiting so uh, <laughs> uh i think i i mean i i used to be the obnoxious guy on the internet saying obnoxious things and then you <laughs> came on with giraffe pussy and all this and it was like what first of all what, where'd this guy come from <laughs> and you know what is this legal is this legal for us <laughs> to broadcast and how old is this kid you know so that that was the start of our relationship with the sly dog yeah uh, when, on the pods and sods side um 
so yeah, I I should have I should have been ready for that, but I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a song about doing the five knuckle shuffle. Love the keyboard mm-hmm. work. Um, and, and I will I will say, uh, I thought you guys would be more ready for it after listening to the pods and sods episodes, because there was a lot of talk of starching socks in the in those episodes. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so I was yeah. I, I was kind of surprised how shocked you guys were. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that is true. I think I think that we just don't expect it from. Uh, I was friends with Eric for you know twenty years. He didn't expect it from me when I unleashed it on the podcast. <laughs> there was like a uh, <laughs> there's a a definite conversation on the podcast where he's like, "Yeah, I don't think we can include this." And I was like, <laughs> I, "I think I think we're taking this to the next level, buddy. Strap in, motherfucker. This is going to get wild." And yeah. now look at us. We're we're with the slide dog, but um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm all about uh, shooting some tadpoles at the TV now and then, so um, I'm down with sometimes fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to fire off some knuckle children. It, it's it's, but, an, it's 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 completely necessary. Just make sure you hydrate afterwards. You, you have to what? What was that one? Fire off some knuckle children. Uh, no. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> wow. I, right. I don't know that I can. <laughs> I, well, I know I can. I shouldn't is probably where this is going, because because uh, because you know I have many more years behind me. Oh of, yeah, oh yeah, of I'm, experience here. I'm sure. You not that I'm not that I'm offering like a showdown or anything. Let's let's get off this. Let's. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. See Billy, you, see where you started when yeah. you blow your own horn. <laughs> Okay, let, let, let's all have like a string cheese and a gator right now and move on to number 18. <laughs> What's your number 18? Number 18 coming out of uh, Nocturne. Nocturne is the piano intro to my favorite song on The Stranger. And that's Vienna. so ambitious for a juvenile but then if you're so smart tell me why are you still so afraid mm-hmm. where's the fire what's the hurry about you better cool it off before you burn it out you got so much to do and only so many hours in a day hey, hey. but you know that when the truth Told that you can get what you want or you can just get old You're gonna kick off before you even get halfway through Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you? Uh, I love this song. Um, this is just one of the ones I remember on the album as a child, but it's one of those that had like this kind of special thing Um Whereas you discover the album years later and it's like, ooh, I kind of remember this. You don't know the lyrics really, but there's a part coming up that you think you remember and then it happens and you're like, yeah, this is that song I haven't heard since I was a kid. Uh, At that point, the space between being a kid was much smaller than it is now. 
But um, yeah, just like when I discovered the Billy Joel catalog and really dove in, this is what I, I kept going back to. The way the arrangement kind of builds and into that solo at, at the end is just, is so good. And the live versions are always great. Um, and uh, also I don't recommend doing this at a bar for karaoke, no matter how good you might sound or think you might sound, <laughs> people drinking do not want to hear Vienna by Billy Joel. <laughs> I'm sure I've made a mistake like that before, actually, because oh, my, like, my life is full of mistakes like that. Yeah, like no, I, like I know I can sing that song and I don't drink, so I know I sound good, but no, everybody wants to hear something else. They don't want yeah. to hear, 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 hear me go through Vienna. But great choice. Yeah. I fucking adore this song. It's Oh, so so good. so good and it's kind of like in my mind become like an unofficial hit like it seems like he plays it at almost every show it gets good... does he it, it did make a strong reappearance yeah it, it, I'm it glad gets he's kept it. a lot um cool so cool and a song that it, this is one of my songs i go to if i'm having a really shitty day it's it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a nice uplifting song i love it yeah great great Agreed. great work from billy and i love I, yeah like you i love the the squeeze box solo on it it's so cool mm-hmm yeah, totally good. And just the, the vocal coming out of that is a little more impassioned and yeah. just one of those things that you pick up on hearing the song so many times. It's like, that is just a really nice touch, the way he goes for that vocal, just a little harder after the solo, you know, uh, alter the melody just a little bit. And oh man, so good. Masterpiece. Absolute nice. masterpiece. Nice. All right. Well, uh, coming out of that, uh, sometimes a fantasy. Uh, we got another song that involves masturbation, but is not directly about masturbation. Uh, a cover of "Clean Up Time" by John Lennon. <laughs> Captain Jack. <laughs> Tired of living in your one-horse town You'd like to find a little hole in the ground For a while So you go to the village in your tie-dye jeans And you stare at the junkies the closet queens It's like some pornographic magazine And you smile No, is it really? Yes, Captain Jack. <laughs> well, we, yeah. we definitely have the masturbation theme just, <laughs> just going just on. Running amok. But mm. this song's not a, not directly directly about yanking your own chain. This this is more about, you know, it's it's he, I think Billy called this a rear window song, you know, mm. watching people. I mean, other than the fact that he literally says the word in the song. Well, yeah, he's painting a picture of the, the this 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 guy that's just sitting around smoking record smoking record smoking weed, listening to records, 
yanking his chain and waiting for his heroin dealer. So, yeah, this it, it, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound like a fun song. But man, listening <laughs> well, to not it, not really. No, yeah, like the cor- I love the contrast. Like the choruses are kind of dreary, you know. So you play your albums and you smoke your pot, and then that chorus hits, and it's just big and epic and grand. Mm-hmm. Like I adore this song. Um, I first heard it on Songs in the Attic. Uh, the band is just super on fire at this point. The energy of these last four that's been played in my set list is just reaching an absolute like apex here. I can see him like banging on the piano, like kicking like the kicking like the pianos, like the piano bench over and just going to town. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love this song. So, so, yeah. so cool. Um, and yeah. but not one Billy's a big fan of anymore. I watched a pretty recent interview with him. And the interviewer asked him about it, and he goes, I don't know if I want to play that one anymore. I've demoted him to Private Jack from Captain Jack. He goes, <laughs> Wow. Oh, I did not know that. So, yeah. Not not one of Billy's favorites anymore, and I wouldn't expect to hear it live, but I dig this one. I Philly has good taste. Yeah, yeah. We did it. We we lifted him up. Yep. Uh, go Philly. Yep. Um, okay. Is it my turn again? Yes, it is. Okay, just want to make sure I wasn't. I, I also have to go back and listen to the arrangement of the album, since you say that the arrangement on the album is better. I just I've always felt like the energy on Songs in the Attic was so good. I, I I really want to go back and compare and see what you exactly what you are thinking with the guitar, which I, I, I'm I'm not discounting might actually be yeah. absolutely true. It just feels like uh, I remember p- the piano, like even in the liner notes him writing about you can literally hear the strings break under my fingers yeah uh and just you know always kind of having that uh visual that fascination with that recording yeah yeah and just like relating energy to that um so i'll have to go back and listen to to both of those my number 19 is a song that maybe it's gotten some play in recent years but in my opinion not nearly enough and that is say goodbye to hollywood This is goddamn perfect song. Another another one of those. This is when when songs in the attic came out. This was a single. Uh, the live version was a single. So she's got away, I believe. And um, I I I love the live version of "Say Goodbye to Hollywood." I was a little disappointed in Turnstiles' version. We can probably say that about all of the songs on Turnstiles yeah. when it comes down to it, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such an improvement live. It just really gets, really gets uh, the point of the song across much better if you're going for like the, the the vibe of the Ronnie Spector thing, um, or at least it it sounds more pleasing to my ears live. Uh, what what do you think? I, I agree. His vocals got a little more uh, rasp to it. 
a little more rawness. Mm. The vocals on the whole Turnstiles album, they're not bad, but there's almost like a, and you really hear it on Miami 2017. It feels like you're hearing them through a loudspeaker or something. It's really strange. Yeah. Something it's what I was referring to with that album just being odd. I, I, it could very well be that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's super weird to me because it just like those songs really stand up. Well, I say that, but then like Piano Man and Street Life Serenade just like slathered with slide guitar before it was killed by a goddamn Moog synthesizer pissing <laughs> all over Street Life Serenade. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's super interesting. Yeah, no, like not every song has that vocal effect, but there's somewhere I'm just like, I feel like I'm hearing him through like a, a loudspeaker that's like a little like in the distance and echoing. Like, mm-hmm. like I've always thought it is like being a little veiled. Um, yeah, which I hate. I hate to say because it's a term that audiophiles use way too often to describe like what your sound is like when it's not right. It sounds like there's a veil over your speaker. I've just always felt that way about turnstiles. Yeah. It could just be kind of like the slap backy production it leans on a lot, but it it just stands out in a way that the others don't really for me production wise. Yeah. Um, but those four first albums are a bit of an anomaly anyway yeah. against everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I I just prefer it live. Always have. And that's the version I grew up on. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to take it. Yeah, it's an, it's an album of great tunes uh, that just kind of has funny production. That, that's what By the way, did, did you know what he was saying at the end of Say Goodbye Hollywood when he's when you hear him going, hey, uh, uh, you hear it like that. Um, I've heard about it. So he was, I guess he was recording his vocal, and everybody like left the studio, and he he shouts like, "Hey, Devito, where are you going?" or something like that. (laughs) You can clearly hear it's Devito, and I was like, "Wow!" All the times I heard that, never knew it. There's a there's an isolation of it out there somewhere, I think, Hmm. too, from like one of the surround discs that came out. But yeah. I know what I'm listening to on headphones when I take the dog out later. All right. So my number 19, um, we're going to go, we're going to slow it down a bit. This is the heartbreak song I alluded to. This is the one I would go to when some girl had broken my heart when I was a teenager from Stormfront. And so it goes. Is just gorgeous, incredibly sad. Oh, 
You're killing me. But wonderfully composed. Wonderfully composed. Um, you can make decisions too, and you can have this hard to break. Like I would listen to it and just be like, oh. Or like, what, what's the other? Every time I've held a rose, it seems I've only felt the thorn. Like yeah, the first yeah. line that you brought up, I, I mentioned in our episode. Like it, it's it's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of it. Like what a way to end that goddamn song. It's a it's a fucking heart. It's it's his biggest heartbreaker in my opinion. Yeah. It's not on mine for a reason. Um, and that reason being that I, I, I keep my listens to it fairly sparse because I love it so much. And because it is, it's a tough, it's a tough song, man. I related, this is another one, man, back in, back in high school. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. Uh, this song replaced Lara as the top heartbreak song of my junior year of high school. <laughs> um so so i completely get it but oh man do i love it it's it's so well done i still never forgive my co-host rick for not agreeing with me on this i i just i think this is one of his best compositions ever and just it shows up in weird places like weird movies and things like that or people like bring it up to me and and they know it from like a weird place yeah um but it seems to be like universally loved from from most people I talk to that that mention it, it it's uh, and as you said um, from the nylon curtain era, which is just crazy, right? Um, that it kind of stuck around, you know, that long and and you know uh, that he finally did something with it uh, quite a few albums after. Um, so yeah, but I oh, man, I love this. It kills me every time. Yeah, I've heard that he tried to fit it on Innocent Man and he tried to fit it on Bridge, but it never never worked out. So interesting. Yeah, yeah I wonder uh wonder how much of it was like uh like how far in the recording process it was like you know, did recordings get made? Did right. they get mixed? Were they were they properly like considered or were they ditched like early on? Like I would totally be interested in stuff like that. Right. Although maybe not in Innocent Man because I could totally see him like what if I made it into an Elvis song and it was like do 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 do? Like that's yeah, probably. I think like Billy Joel didn't smoke that strong Paul McCartney weed that made Paul <laughs> McCartney write shitty songs in the vein of Elvis. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was. And and think and think they're good. <laughs> oh man. Oh wait, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I forgot to, you were just diving into Elvis. I'm, 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 tr I'm trying to think of what a Paul McCartney song you'd be referring to. Actually, uh, the, he does those dopey like uh, your name and address, uh, you know, on London Town. There's oh that dopey like one. okay yeah yeah yeah. Whenever he does that dopey duh, duh, singing like Yogi yeah. Bear bullshit. I guess my thing is I'm I, I guess I'm just not like I don't love it, but I'm not annoyed by it either. Is the thing so when he does it so all right well yeah. it looks like we're getting in an argument here it looks like we're, we're <laughs> heading into our first quarrel <laughs> <laughs> no, agree, agree to disagree um no, what's your fine. what's your what's your number 20 number 20 is a song that um I, i'm being generous with this one uh it's it's not it's not really a favorite of mine but uh as i was dividing evenly um this kind of was the one that I, I leaned on the most, I think, particularly as a track to close out the main set. Uh, I do have one four song encore. Um, I'm going with River of Dreams. 
of the night I go walking in my sleep From the mountains of faith To the river so deep I must be looking for something Something sacred I lost But the river is wide And it's too hard to cross Even though I know the river is wide I walk down every evening and stand on the shore I try to cross to the opposite side so I can finally find what I've been looking for in the middle of the night. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's another one that I feel like doesn't leave the set, but I also feel like it would be a good kind of last song with the way it ends, with kind of like the breakdown. I wouldn't do this hard day's night in the middle of it uh, yeah. that I seem to see um, more and more like that's the kind of thing like I was referring to earlier. Like if you're going to do something cool like that, do it on one tour and never do it again. Like, uh, or throw something different in there, you know? Well, like, now it's dancing in the street. Okay. And what was shout, was shout in there at a point or am I just confusing that with the, the, the show at Yankee stadium? Cause I know I don't, he, did, he does shout on there. I actually don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I've never. I can't, yeah. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, just river of dreams straight through break it down, have a little bit of audience participation in there before leaving for the encore. And I think that's a, a good way to end the main set, even though it's not necessarily a song I might want to hear. I, I just want to also add, just so I don't forget, the fact that there was a uh, an episode of mine that went on the Billy Joel deep cuts, like you could just, you could listen to that and get like my dream set list from that. This would just be a repeat of that essentially which is why I went with the more universal set list that is, well, I say feasible, but there's no way he's doing half of these songs. Uh, <laughs> but like the hits, the hits on there that I included that I probably would not have included otherwise, this is probably the biggest one that I, you know, I I, I really have no feeling towards it whatsoever, but I think it would be a good way to end the main set. So rule breaker or turning your, your, your show on its head, you decide. River of Dreams closes out the set. Definitely, it's not a favorite song of mine. It's not one I would pick, but I see what you mean, and I would, I would definitely find it interesting if it closed the set. Um, it's not yeah. it's kind of an obtuse thing to do, so I could, I can respect it for that. I've never disliked the song. I've just always kind of, and I don't know why I found it odd because Billy will do that thing. He'll do a different genre. He'll do a reggae tune. He'll mm -hmm. do new wave stuff. I've always just found like this one. I was like, this, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't work for me. Like, and I, I struggle with a lot of the River of Dreams album, honestly. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird because I lived through it. So I, I don't, I don't have a great appreciation for it, but I don't have a deep hatred for it either. Like a lot of people do. Yeah. It, it was exciting to have a new Billy Joel record. And even though like River of Dreams is a single, I didn't love it. There was enough on that album that I was like, this is catchy enough. Yeah. Like I, I like I liked No Man's Land enough then. Don't really know that I'd want to hear it now. Like it, it's just kind of things that didn't age well for me, but at the time seemed pretty great. You know, it's just like a hindsight, really. Um, but you know, it, that album just didn't really stick with me. Um yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's a weird one, that's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. it's I feel like it's his most forced album like I feel I imagine writing it was very painful um yeah because like I think he even 
like he talks about the reason he wrote famous last words. He, he's like, you know, I'm going to write about writing because I've said everything I can say. You know, mm -hmm. these are the last words I have to say until another day. Yeah. So, Right, writing lullaby for his daughter, knowing that uh, he was facing divorce, was like a bl it blindsided me. After like Christy drawing the goddamn album cover, there's all this promotional stuff about how she painted the album cover, and then all of a sudden they're like divorcing, and I was like, oh, that was sudden. Yeah. Until you like you know look at the lyrics and realize it wasn't all that sudden. Um, yeah, but. No. Yeah, so so weird. Um, it, it is just a very strange album at a very strange time. And following getting ripped off for millions of dollars by yep. you know family and business associates. So <clears throat> yeah, not a great time for him. Certainly not. No, um, I just wish it like like as much as we say you know we don't want him to do a Sonic Boom. I just wish that wasn't his final <laughs> statement as a pop album. Like. Uh, well, if you want to say that, I'm fine with Nylon Curtain being his last album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, could I live with that? I could live with that. I mean, if we're going to go with like a great last statement, I don't think that the bridge or Stormfront is is it either. You know. Yeah, they don't add too much to that. Let me think about it. I mean, there's good stuff, but yeah. nothing is coming close to. The albums that precede it, I think it's a a very sharp decline after Nylon Yeah, but just not the same level for me, you know. All right. Well, my number my number twenty. Um, I'm gonna go with a well known one myself. Um, I feel like this is a song I just don't get tired of, and a good main set closer, and it's probably the one he closes the main set with now. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. In our old familiar place, you and I face to face. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian red. Um, it, it's hard to say something that hasn't been said about this one too it's just the quintessential billy joel epic and i never get tired of it it just puts a smile on my face i put it on again today and it was it was it, it was just like uh here we go again i fuck just, yeah, and he's gonna, it's gonna change. It's gonna go into the, it's gonna go into the fast part, and there's gonna be the the clarinet solo, and it's just gonna be awesome. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I never tire of this one. Like, I, and I think I would if I were seeing him live regularly. I would get sick of it. Like if I were going to see, like if he played around here a lot, and I went to see him a lot. I would get burned out on the song. But um, since I've never seen it, I would very much like to see this live. And I know I'll get it in November. 
it's yeah it's a great track it's a great workout for him and i know it's uh something he's very proud of and i think he puts a lot of passion into playing that one live yeah agreed it was one that i was never excited to hear just because i always knew it was coming um and by the time that i saw him live i think that i had just heard it on too many shows and just but which makes no sense to me because it is it is a a masterpiece in his catalog i can't i can't piss on it you know i anything about it other than i burned out on it very early and and came back to it fairly strong over the last couple years um but I, i would actively avoid it for most of my billy joel concert going uh life in terms of like what i listened to uh you know, on a regular basis, but I mean, it is a great song and, you know, I can't, I can't say anything bad about it. Nice. Yeah. Great song. It's a classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a, it's a tour de force. It is. And I loved in Lo- live in Long Island when the roadie brought out the table and they're all over there as Billy's <sighs> starting the song. That's that right. Was, I forgot about that. That was really cool. I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, that ends the main set. What 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 do you kick? What kicks off your on course? Uh, my fifth of my three favorite Billy Joel songs is what? James. Ooh, no! Is that the one you were thinking was going to yeah. be in my set that yeah. wasn't? No. Oh. No, there's another one that's huge. I don't shut up about this fucking song. It's from River of Dreams. Blonde over blue. No. All about soul. Oh, yes. Okay. It's all about soul It's all about faith and a deeper devotion It's all about soul Cause under love is a stronger emotion She's gotta be strong Cause so many things getting out of control She'll drive her oh yes i oh man i can't get enough of this song i love all about soul so good um lyrically great some more like uh, of his climbing in the chorus and just uh great i I just love the lyrics on this one it just it always it hits me every time and this is just another one of those songs that uh is so great that i'll hear it and when it's done it'll i'll just play it on repeat for like an hour uh it's it's so good love this song all about soul kicking off the encore 
excellent choice. Um, I hadn't listened to the River of Dreams album probably since since I was in high school, um, and I listened to it getting ready for this. And th- this that one really stood out to me. I was like, okay, that song's actually pr- pretty solid. Like that's, mm-hmm. I-, I see why you like that one. Good choice. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 oh man. For, for on most days, tied with she's right on time for absolute favorite. Wow. Um, but man, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I will say, I think that opens side two of River of Dreams, right? If I'm remembering the cassette correctly. I believe so. Track yeah. six out of ten, I think so. Yeah. If so, I remember yeah. correctly. Side two is much stronger than side one for me on that album. So that's a good opener. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with that. Very cool. Well, the first song in my encore we've already talked about, Moving Out from The Stranger. Um, I think this is great because it comes right out just strikes the piano and goes right into it just hard into it like no like welcome back just like crashing into moving out and such a mm-hmm. such a big burst of energy um yeah this one. good place for it yep yeah. i think that would work well yeah definitely better than we did start the fire oh thank thank christ you did well we still have we still have three more so you could still <laughs> spring on me um uh, so after all that soul is uh, a song from uh, 52nd Street. It is my life. takes the the spot of early in the show um it's a it's a song i still enjoy enough to want to see it live but i thought moving it to the encore section it's not like it doesn't deserve a place there it's a big enough song that it can be an encore and just kind of like swap out the stuff you usually end with with the stuff you usually start with and just like shuffle the set around you know even if he just did that i would be more happy like if you threw me a list of like the 20 Billy Joel songs that again, I'm sorry, since you're going to see him, if you throw <laughs> me a list of like the songs he plays, I would be able to come up with a damn close guess on the order he's playing them in just because yep. there are, there are patterns that just have not changed. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I just kind of switching it around and moving it to the end. It is the second song in the encore, 
you might know it as the theme the theme from Bosom Buddies, My Life. Nice. Great pick. It's a, it's one of those singles I never tire of. Um, yeah. My first introduction to this was uh, hearing it in the movie The Hangover. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I recognized Billy's voice and I was like, this is a song of his I don't know. So that was when I went and pe- pulled out the uh, the greatest hits co- cassette because, like I said, my dad's copy of Fifty Second Street was worn out. Like that's I, right, I, that's I, right. Oh I put God. it, I put it in, and it sounded like ass. I was like, eh, not gonna ruin these songs for me, so took it out. So when I finally did hear it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. That that song's fucking awesome. It's yeah, that's a it's a smart little pop tune, and again, sound of the seventies. It just man, if I was just like hearing a mix and like you know that came on between like Steely Dan and like early cars like that just hits the spot that's 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 an era of that breezy just... sound yeah yep. just i, I t- totally get it and i mean like i don't know i just feel like there aren't a lot of hit singles that are repurposed into television themes you know like it, it's yeah. it's so weird I, I, most of the people my age or a lot of them know it as much from television as they do from radio um, and probably some people born after me might know it more from television or syndication. Like it's, it's completely weird, like a fluke thing, but uh, yeah, I, I, again, stacks up with, with all the other stuff you mentioned there as a seventies, like this is, this is 1978, like windows down uh, music for me, you know? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hell of a tune. Uh, mm-hmm. my second song in the encore um, to me one of the best closers of any live record I've loved these days now we take our time so nonchalant and spend our so bon vivant We dress our days In silken robes The money comes The money goes We know it's all A passing phase We light our lamps for atmosphere and hang our hopes on chandeliers we're going wrong we're gaining weights we're sleeping long and far too late and so it's time to change our So it's the perfect last hurrah song. It's a song about knowing you have to make a change, but acknowledging you've been enjoying what you've done up to this point. And it's kind of got gentle verses and then the drums kick in and it pushes a little harder. And then it all drops out for a second. And Billy has another quiet moment. And then he goes, you know, I've loved these days. And then everything kind of comes back in in waves. Oh man. So good. Such, 
uh, we drown our doubts in dry champagne and soothe our souls with fine cocaine. I've always loved that song. Mm. Just yeah, this song gives me chills. And one of the saddest moments for me was hearing that Millennium concert album. And I was like, oh, he does that? And then he gets there and he's giving this half-hearted reading of it. Oh, my God. Like, oh, just just killed me. Like, this this is a song. It comes fairly sp- early, too, right? Isn't yeah, it? Like, it's, in it's the on first disc half. One. It's on disc one and, like, follows, like, Don't yeah. Ask Me Why or some shit like that. Yeah. I. You know what? I might be completely basing my disdain for that record completely on i've loved these days because it came back to me as soon as you said that i was so fucking jazzed that it was not only being performed again but was on this live cd along with some other stuff that you know hadn't been played in years or at all or whatever and just like man i I couldn't even get excited about hearing this stuff It, it was so off yeah. so yeah a huge disappointment but man when i saw it on on the track list for the millennium cd i was i was so jazzed yeah and man what a letdown such a letdown yeah it's meant to be it's got it's got to have that passion that push Mm -hmm. that little bit of vocal fry and uh, so yeah yeah, it's it's an incredible song i'm kind of surprised he doesn't pull it out more often like it seems like every new year's like like every so often he'll pull out something like souvenir i'm surprised he doesn't Mm -hmm. pull this one out too so yeah 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 I agree. I, I I wonder why. Yeah. Like, I feel like souvenir should get more than it gets to. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, next song? Strangely enough, it's one that I don't think gets performed a lot, and I don't know that it was performed a lot since the tour it was on. Maybe maybe the tour after, but I've never called it live. It was a hit from an innocent man. It was a song that you mentioned earlier about not liking when you first heard it. Uh, But I'm at the point where if I want to hear something from Innocent Man, it's going to be the title track or this, and it's Tell Her About It. Listen, boy, I don't want to see you let a good thing slip away. You know I don't like watching anybody make the same mistakes I made She's a real nice girl and she's always there for you But a nice girl wouldn't tell you what you should do Oh listen boy, I'm sure that you think you got it all under control You don't want somebody telling you the way to stay in someone's soul You're a big boy now and you'll never let her go There's something infectious about it that uh, even though it's never been a huge favorite, I've always had a, an appreciation for. Um, and I think the fact that it's been so elusive live, like has this been in any recent set list no. at all? I looked last yeah. time it was played was Australia on the bridge tour. Yeah. So not even, okay. Yeah. So uh, crazy, crazy. Um, I, I, 
Stormfront is really where I started keeping track, and I I know that I've never heard a show that that had it after that. So I wonder why. Um, you know, weird. So it's more included as a rarity, uh, which is crazy to think that there is actually like a rarity on an, an innocent man that was a single, right? Because you you feel like all of them would have been beat to death, but this one definitely was not. So little surprise in the encore. Tell her about it. Yeah. It's the second I, to last track. I actually warmed up to this song listening to the album. Like now, I kind of like it. Now I kind of don't mind that's the sound he was going for there. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is like the stuff my grandma listens to." Like, like she like likes those like, <laughs> like you know, big girls don't cry and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I can't stand that stuff though. It, 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 the that song falsetto, rem- man. Yeah, that song. The song kind of reminded me of that. Like it had that same musical build. So I was like, yeah. Ugh. but now I, I kind of hear like, okay, he's not doing exactly that. And it's a well-written song. So yeah, yeah I would. I, I mean, he'll, he'll slip in the Frankie Valley voice, but um, not, uh, not in a way that I find as offensive as the original article, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good choice. And now I would consider this a deep cut, especially because even though it was a hit, it's just kind of been ignored. So yeah. All right, so I've kind of structured my show where the first two songs were the planned encore. The next two, like, the crowd is basically so wild. He comes out, just him. He's like, I'm going to try a few more for you. I haven't played either of these in a very long time. Let's see what I can do. So first up in the second encore, we've got from Nylon Curtain, Where's the Orchestra? album closer and mm. i love i love the idea like what he's writing about but how he kind of is framing it visually like i listened mm. to an interview and he's talking about you know it's kind of about someone who kind of expected life to be more like a musical and yeah life's not like that so the way he kind of structures it you know you know i thought there would be an overture this is my introduction to the theater crowd you know you think you know when you become an become an adult and you're out in the real world um you have one expectation and then you're ultimately met with another and that album mm. kind of like has that you know there's themes like that running throughout the album so i think it's kind of a fitting ending and then i've always loved the little floatiness at the end where allentown comes back and i think mm. maybe he could work that in on the piano but yeah this is the the start of the end for me is where's the orchestra okay good choice not 
anything I expected. So congrats on that, taking it places that I did not think it was going. Yeah. Um, so I love how you have your worked out. Yeah, so he's going to come out and he's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to play a few more for you. Like I have it all scripted out practically. Yeah. I didn't even, I feel like I, I didn't really do the work. Uh, next time we do this, I'm going to have like a complete transcript <laughs> of every bit of stage dialogue, <laughs> everything. Nice. I look forward to it. Thank you. All right. What's what's your uh, second to second to last and penultimate? Uh, this would wait. This is my last. Oh wait, no. Oh yeah, this is your last one. What's your closer? I was going to say. Um, I was going to say, did I, did I do this entire thing wrong? <laughs> um, my last. It's only fitting, Captain Jack. Uh, for, nice. You know, uh, this is happening in Philly, of course, and it's. Yes. You, you kind of have to. Um, uh, you're going to have to bring him back from uh, whatever Happy Jack or whatever the whatever he called it. The, Private you know, Jack. Private Jack. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, yeah, I just I, I think this would be a, a good one to go out on. Uh, memorable, energetic. You know, down or lyrically, but come on. Great choice. Yeah, an, an epic ender too. And it kind of starting with that organ sound and ending with that organ sound. Like, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great choice. I remember there's a pro shot from Philly of the bridge tour. Um, and he does this at like, like uh, I think it is like the second encore. And mm-hmm. it's just so good. It, it, it feels triumphant. So good choice. Is that on, is that on YouTube? It, it is. I haven't watched it in a, in a couple years, but it is. Last I checked. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look I'll that up. I can find that. Um, yeah. So my 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 next one, my closer. Um, I I was thinking about it, and I realized this song kind of goes hand in hand with "Where's the Orchestra." It's accepting what you had to face in "Where's the Orchestra," and that's "Souvenir." Picture postcard, a folded stub, a program of the Mementos will turn to dust, but that's the price you pay for every year. The souvenir that slowly. Souvenir. 
the traditional clubs are for many years. Um, you know, life's you're kind of expect accepting that life isn't what maybe what you thought it would be, but that's okay. And you just kind of realize that, you know, cherish the memories because every year's a souvenir slowly fades away. And we get our traditional closer of don't take any shit from anyone. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Great, great closer. As I said, I, I, it bums me out that he doesn't do this as often as he should. This is kind of one of the things that like, if, if you're going to have like a, something you do all the time end with souvenir. Like I, I think that, I think it's a good, powerful ending and it's, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that works well as like an additional encore. Like there's, I think it's the Nassau 77 show. There's just like a ton of encores. And then um, you just get like that last one. He comes out and does souvenir. I would, I would love to see a show like that. where just like, you know, there was one or two encores, whatever you think it's done, but then he comes out and does that last song and souvenir. Ah, love it. I love it so much. Um yeah, it, it would definitely be in mine if I didn't have ridiculous rules about spacing everything evenly and only having two songs from every album. Yeah. And and it's short, so like it, it's even more confusing mm-hmm. to me as to like why why does every show have to end with you maybe right? Like why can't you just pop right back out onto the stage just for like two minutes, pound it out mm-hmm. and then wave it just one last time. I gotta say, I'm I'm actually happy about you. Maybe right because it was. P- I guess Piano Man's closing the main set now. It's it's in the main set. Yeah, it's right before Italian Restaurant. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not even like the end of the main set. Okay, well, I can I can appreciate that a little more than it because it, for years it was just the last song in the encore and it was just ponderous. Yeah, I just don't it's, feel like it's a great last song. Like it's yeah. it's a a, a bit it's just a little bit too slow to be a last song like that's what always kind of just didn't feel right to me like i get the sing along but like arrangement wise it's just it's just doesn't feel like an ender yeah it just doesn't really fit anywhere comfortably i've always thought it's just yeah it's it's got a weird little time signature although i think the version uh from the millennium concert it's not on the album it's on the full uh, of piano man. Yeah, it's totally unhinged, and he's totally sauced at that point, and he's messing wow. up the lyrics, and he starts singing like Bob Dylan at one point. Oh like, Jesus yeah, Christ! He, Paul is a real estate novelist. <laughs> oh man, maybe yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't it, watch this. It, it's 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 both. You, you laugh, and then you kind of like feel a little bad for laughing. Like, oh yeah, this guy is going through something. So, oh man, yeah, that's and rough. Then, and it, what's what's weird about that show is he plays Souvenir and then he plays Piano Man, which is baffling to me. Yeah, and I I, re- I remember seeing that now that you mention it and thinking that that was like super odd. Like, um, probably that? another reason why Piano Man, why I get angry at it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 become a sing along and it's it's a great song. I I just don't have the burnout factor for it. So yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I don't know. Strange, it, it is strange that now that I think about it, yeah, that's you know, this swaying song, and then it ends the main set. Like, okay, I mean, I get it together at the bar drinking song, yeah, like I get it on that level, but like, I don't know, it's like it, it just never, it's not like the Blarney Stone by Ween, you know, it, <laughs> it, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit me the same way, um, to be a closer, but you know, I, people enjoy it. 
you know, half of the people there are, are probably people that just want to hear Piano Man and only the good die young. Yeah. So I, I realize the, the audience isn't me. You know, yeah, it's, or, it's or, something that I'm or, coming to terms with. Yeah, I'll be the one that like loses my shit at the Minneapolis show if he plays sleeping with the television on. Like, right. like, like me and my dad will be freaking out. My mom's going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> when is that show now? In November. Okay, I'll have to follow along. Yeah. Uh, I'll be I'll be watching the set list to see if anybody is throwing it live. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. I also predict that there will be a Billy Joel Stevie Nicks duet. I don't know what, but I predict it's going to happen. Do you think they wouldn't do like leather and lace or stop dragging my heart around? <laughs> I think stop. I mean, dragging well, my heart I, she's she's is what i think stop dragging my heart around is the more likely of the two i just can't imagine billy singing leather and lace yeah i'm, I'm just thinking she's got duets built in he really doesn't and well i guess he does but well not, i like not hits i think if he would i think if they were to do one of his songs it would be like she's always a woman and she would sing on that with him like i could see yeah. that um but well, what about if they do she's always a gold dust one <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool <laughs> right yeah you know that would be cool. about Yes. Maybe that was what I came up with. I think that was the one. I think that was the one I was trying to remember earlier. Was it, was it really, though? Maybe. I don't think you can prove this. I, I can't, but I <laughs> I should have written it down. Oh, well. Uh, or they could do somewhere along the line of cocaine that inspired Gold Dust Women. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That, yeah, there, sure there isn't a, hot, a whole lot of overlap there, is there? No, I'm sure they'll be swapping blow stories, though. Oh, come on. Yeah. He's going to be like, hey, yeah, your story is great, but did you ever do heroin on a plane? <laughs> Have you ever heard my song, Scandinavian Skies? Let's take a right. listen to that. <laughs> oh, man. But I think you I think you had a great set list. I think we got two great set lists here. Do you have any honorable mentions that you just couldn't work in that you wanted to? Well, I mean, if we're going for honorable mentions, we're going for favorites of mine that I didn't include because of my rules. Yeah. Um, like I said, and so it goes is tough. I mean, I would I would love it in there just because I love it so much. If I was to like quickly think through, um, uh, James would probably be in there. It was tough not to include Miami 2017, yeah. uh, but it's another one that I kind of burned out on. Uh, the Stranger would definitely be. Um, in there um and probably more i mean i didn't have really either of the rockers from glass houses i'd probably throw you maybe right in um but i would probably also lean towards maybe something rarer on side two to be completely honest yeah um and then all of nylon curtain just give me all of it hell yeah all right well i just, I, I like like listening to Brad Page, just let that wonderful gooiness just <laughs> subside over you, uh, and listen to the best Billy Joel album ever yeah. recorded uh, in a live setting. Let's hear that helicopter sound effect on Goodnight Saigon one more time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder uh, if I, he likes Billy Joel. He's got some weird opinions. That Brad I, I know he doesn't. I know he doesn't like Billy Joel because we did a live albums episode together and I picked out songs in the attic and he was kind of, he was very nice about it. He's like, yeah, not really a Billy Joel fan. Like, like he, he was very, very nice about it, not liking Billy Joel, which is why when he got so dark on the 
Big and Tiny's 100 <gasps> episode, I was like, wow. Because, like, yeah, I that's pick, the other I, side I, of Brad Page. <laughs> I picked two that I had, a, like, and Billy Joel was one of them. The other was Wasp, that I had a feeling that he was not going to have anything to say about. And mm. he was very nice about both of them. Um, my honorable mentions, uh, these are ones I just, I tried working in and I couldn't. Uh, Leningrad, Running mm, on Ice. Also good. Uh, getting Closer uh, from The Bridge. Uh, that one really hit me this time. I never realized how good the lyrics were. So to every bank in Switzerland that, st- that stores my stolen youth, I'm all right because despite the laws, you cannot hide the truth. Damn. Mm. Ugh, yeah. So good. The Entertainer. Love that song. See, that's oh, one I just can't. I, I, the Entertainer is a tough one for me. I've never gotten into that ever. That that would be one that I would include on like absolute bottom of the pile. Oh, wow. As Entertainer. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. All you want to do is dance. Um, I love, love it. I, I love the silliness of that song. Love the, the steel drum. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, Summer Highland Falls. Gorgeous. Yeah. Through the Long Night, I think it's a really mm-hmm. cool underrated ballad. Surprises from Nylon Curtain. She's Always a Woman, No Man's Land, Traveling Prayer, and From an Innocent Man, Christy Lee. Ooh. Yeah, I, I have a tough time with the Innocent Man stuff that it, are not the singles. Uh, oh, yeah? Not across, the, not across the board, really, but like uh, Careless Talk, Easy Money and Christy Lee, like I never had anything. Those are all bottom for me as well, which is why An Innocent Man has such a low spot for me. I think it's got some decent highs, but man, the amount of lows on it in comparison, last time that I listened in a stretch was kind of shocking to me. Um but you know, it could just be carryover from being a youth and not being into that stuff then. You know. Yeah. No, it's that was a, that was another one that surprised me upon listening to the album again. Like I, like I was like, oh, he's he's totally doing Little Richard and he's totally like nailing it. So mm-hmm. I, know, I I thought it was fun. The song actually made me laugh. So that's <laughs> that's that one for me. But yeah. Okay. I mean, we could go way out and and pick like a B-side or like a non-LP track, like (laughs) Nobody Knows But Me, which is on like a a compilation uh, from 1980. I I believe you said if I picked Elvis Presley Boulevard, you would kick me in the nuts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I I would slap you in the sack next time I see you. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That that song actually disappointed me a bit. I was expecting a full-on rockabilly song and not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was fun, Craig. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it was a good time. Thank this you. I'm sorry chat, for but... sorry for not being as uh, uh, stringent with the rules as you were. That's um, right. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw the episode balance off when it comes to fandoms and the geekiness <laughs> in which we celebrate these deep cuts. But um, yeah, it's just it's always tough for me with stuff like this when I. Uh, when I do something that I've done a similar episode on. So uh, in my case, it was a, you know, uh, a desert Island discs pick. Um, so like, you know, I, I don't want to repeat the exact same stuff, but I mean, essentially it would be the exact same stuff. Yeah. The, the, the top stuff is just always going to be the top stuff for me. Um, and, and you picked some of those songs anyway, as well. Yeah. So uh, I, think, I, would, I, I would, would be fine going to your show as well. 
Yeah, I, I figured, like, that's why, you know, she's right on time, didn't end up online. Like, I'm like, I know Craig's going to pick that. Oh, the, yeah. biggest, the biggest surprise for me was there, there was no James, because that seems like to be one you really enjoy, so. Yeah, you know what? It was down between James and Prelude Angry Young Man, um, because I was pretty set on Say Goodbye to Hollywood. But when it came down to it, I was just like, yeah, I don't know that I cannot include Angry Young Man, even though James might be the one the one that I want to hear more. But like, how much is that? Because like, I've seen him do Prelude Angry Young Man a number of times in person and have never seen him do James and likely never will. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of that involved. I, I would I would absolutely swap out James for Angry Young Man if I had my druthers. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I could I could come up with like an absolute favorites list, but you know, it would be it would be way too close to to what I previously did. So uh just trying to give you exclusive content, that's all. <laughs> no worries. I know we're close to four hours here, but I got one last talking point. Wait, that... Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it is. That's that's how easy it is to hang out, dude. Like like imagine if we were in person. Imagine if we were in person. Like yeah, should we should we uh, make an exclusive on your episode? And I, I tell the people how much you're trying to like you're trying to weasel into the in person Bacon Times 100 uh, deal we have going, which means that you're you're trying to replace uh, Mr. Brian Jacobs in <laughs> Bacon Times 100, uh, which which means that you're, you're going to be under some fire, um, <laughs> and also um, I mean. Technically replacing Brian Lennon, who is now uh, technically part of the Sly Dog crew, from <laughs> what I see in my feed. So you're you're also like you know doing a dirty behind his back and trying to get in on the Bacon Times 100 goodness now that he's not part of it currently. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of in podcast tension going on right now Ooh. with this whole Bacon Times 100 thing. Ooh, yeah, and the, and the last meeting totally like fell through completely mm. it was behind it was behind closed doors it was it's true yes. it did it did yeah i i will get out there someday uh like eric keeps keeps booking good shows so like i gotta make one of these oh yeah yeah it's it's insane i i never would have dreamed the the stuff we were listening to in the car we'd be entertained by these people in his living room it's it's a crazy crazy turn of events as if the interviews he did for the podcast was not enough. Yeah. Uh, now he's just getting, you know, people to come to his house and play. So incredible. Yeah. Not not podcast, not holding up his podcast end of the deal, really. But he is putting on house concerts. So, you know, it's uh, he, he is he is doing probably more than he was doing on the on the podcast side of things when it comes to. I can't imagine like putting something like that together and hosting. Yeah that many people uh yeah. so so kudos to him for doing that totally so my, my last little bit is i'm kind of just looking at billy joel like i kind of bemoan the fact that he's only known for uptown girl and we did saw the fire now i feel right. like i feel like because and it's funny i was thinking this to myself and then it appeared in one of the facebook groups i'm part of i'm part of a tom waits group and someone posted that they felt like billy joel was actually a really underrated songwriter when you looked at his catalog and they point some stuff out. I'm like, yeah, that, that's kind of true. And I and I don't think people realize how great he really is. Um, like, they don't realize the depth that's there. They've boiled him down to this, these pop songs that, you know, they're good, but they don't really showcase who he is. Would you agree with that? 
Absolutely. The, the the deep cuts have always been where it's at, at for me. I, I often wonder this with like tons of other artists, like if these songs were not singles and beaten to my head and they were just like tracks buried on side B of an album, like what the appreciation level will be, like how much of that is the fact that like you don't hear this stuff in the supermarket. Uh, I did hear Rosalinda's Eyes, a Muzak version of it in the train station last month and weird. i was like what the fuck kind of weird alternate post-pandemic timeline timeline is this wow. i like immediately got the phone out i was recording it for rick and i'm like you're not gonna believe this and yeah so uh, i do hear weird billy joel stuff out there from time to time but yeah uh, there's just so the albums are just so good um at least you know that pocket of the i would say the the first two thirds they're, they're they're just strong listens all the way through there might be a lesser track here and there but man they're they're good albums and sound the sound of like 52nd street uh production wise oh, you know yeah. just so clean so good those ramon productions are just so so good incredible i have friends um in the recording industry who uh just revere these 70s records and it's it's one of those things that when I I've thought about this over the years, like there are albums that when I was in high school and got a CD player and like bought like Kiss Dynasty and you know some other things, and I was like, there I'm just not kind of interested anymore in this. And then like years later, I hear the vinyl, and it all came back. Like even though it's not the same system, even though it's you know different speakers, different turntable, different cartridge. The sound of it, it has whatever magic was in it when I heard it as a kid. The Billy Joel records absolutely have that. To me, they are to be listened to on vinyl. The original pressings sound so good. They're so fucking cheap. Like, yeah. don't, don't, uh, if you're a vinyl uh, interested in any way, avoid these new box sets they're putting out of these horrible repressings and just go for like, a couple bucks on an old copy and you know it's like rumors there there are so many out there but they there are so many that just sound so so good even the copies i had that were pretty beat up just they still had that sparkle to them so it's a special it's a special sound you know and i grew well, up on it I, i'm definitely considering it because uh, i got a new stereo recently and uh my i always thought like the vinyl on the old stereo sounded flat and I, was, mm -hmm. and I could never place it out. So I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm a CD guy. I just don't hear the magic in vinyl. But uh, recently I got uh, the band Ghost put out a seven inch single. Um, just two songs. That's the only way to get it. So I got that. And I'm just like, let me give that a spin. And mm -hmm. I put it on this new stereo. I dropped the needle on it. And it just came bursting out of the speakers, like in a way that it wouldn't have come out of the old stereo. I'm like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Like, And I was like, let me test this on something else. So I went and I pulled out. <laughs> pulled out no G pressing of Charlie Daniels full moon album. And I put that mm. on the turntable and legend of Wooly Swamp just came out of there. Like I'd never heard it before. Just the guitars lunged out of the speakers. I'm like, maybe the issue was the stereo or the needle. So now I'm like, I need to maybe rethink some of the, these vinyl purchases. So right. yeah, definitely. I want to want to get a few, my favorite Joel's to, try on vinyl so yeah watch instagram in the next few days if you're interested in seeing in seeing me try out some vinyl 
Yeah. Uh, when I when I first got back into vinyl, um, maybe about fifteen years ago, found Nylon Curtain and Songs in the Attic at a record show, both sealed for a dollar. Yeah. So you know they're out there, and I mean, just get a copy of Songs in the Attic on a vinyl and listen to it, and it, it's oh man, it just sounds so good. It's oh, yeah. it's an experience. I bet. But it's gonna be nice. How those and thick. Yeah, so. definitely. And I'm not necessarily a vinyl sounds better. I do say I prefer it because I feel like, you know, music deserves a little more attention than, you know, something you listen to while you're doing something else and not paying attention. Um, And I realize not everybody has that time. And, you know, that's cool. I understand that. But man, it's, it's just my preferred method of consumption. It's all encompassing and, it pulls you in a, in a way that like digital has never done for me. So if that's what it takes to, you know, like give this music like this crazy extra high, then I will listen to it on vinyl. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, especially with stuff like this, 70s stuff just always sounds goddamn yeah. amazing, you know. Bigger, so. warmer, and thicker. That's right. Not Wasn't unlike... that a four non-blondes album? <laughs> and also not on like, like the ropes shot during Sleeping with the Television on. Oh, good Christ. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew you were going to have a reprise lined up at some point. <laughs> oh, I'm on fire. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Craig, this has been an absolute delight. Um, I know you just put out a great Monkeys, uh, Monkeys uh, 2 Pick 10. Uh, you actually had someone younger than me on the podcast, which gave me a good laugh. But uh, I yeah, I, we're we're, tr- we're trying to get the the under thirty cent. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, tell people what you're up to. You got you got something in the works, podcast wise? Uh, yeah, actually, um, there is something coming. I'll say within the next few weeks. Ooh. I don't want to give too much away. It is a new side cast um, with a selection of people. And all I'll say about it right now is that my original vision for pods and sods, which was something that um, I shopped to uh, radio once back in 2013, when we were just starting this silliness, the idea is something that we strayed from fairly quickly. Once Eric became a co-host Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we never quite went with the original plan. So I was thinking about it recently and the original plan seems like something that I want to do for a certain sidecast. So all I can say is it'll be coming soon. I think it'll have a familiar voice on the first episode. It's somebody we all know in the podcast community, um, for better or worse. Let's just say that. I don't know if this person is anybody's cup of tea. Not always my cup of tea. I'll be completely honest about that. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting and um, not one hundred percent music related. I'll say that as well. This is an exclusive. You, nobody else has gotten this yet. I hope to fuck it doesn't fall through because I got a book that it's been like ten years and people <laughs> are on my ass about where it is. So if I'm not able to get this podcast going, then. I have more of a problem than I thought. And I already thought that I had a fairly large problem. So, well, yeah. Okay. I, I look forward to whatever it is, man. Um, Thank you. So yeah, be, I'll be on the lookout for that. 
stick, hang around, by the way, after the outro, because I got something I want to run by you. Um, All right. But till next time, friends, Sly Dog, Craig Smith, peace, Woo. love, rock and roll. Don't take any shit from anyone. Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. 
Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.